I used to be a very timid, negative thinker and people pleaser. Then my relationship with God changed all that around. Now I have this podcast called The Essence of Life, where I share with people about various aspects of life. For example, your health, finances, personal development, your relationships, and of course, your spirituality. And just how you can balance all of these things together to live the abundantly blessed and balanced life that Jesus came for you to live. John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life and to live it to the full and to enjoy it. If you would like to know more about this podcast, please subscribe for more content on living the abundantly balanced life. Sebo, sounds good. God bless you. Welcome back, Essence listeners. Hope you are doing excellent. I'm about to share with you on an episode that I believe will truly, truly bless you and change your life. So as you know, this podcast is all about balancing your life and the abundant life that God came for us to have. In reference to this, I want to share with you about balancing spiritual and natural life. Balancing your spiritual and natural life. Okay, now a lot of us as believers, we believe that once we become a Christian, there's a lot of things in the natural that we have no business dealing with anymore. So we sort of uh, live in a bubble. Uh, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I feel I live like I live in a bubble, but it's entirely fine. The point of this episode is to help you to understand that you can balance your spiritual walk with God and the natural world that you live in so that you can increase the way that you live your life in the balanced, abundant manner that God came for you to have and to live. Okay. So uh, we also have an attitude where we we pray and we just sit and wait on God to do like he did with the Israelites and allow manna to fall from the sky. Oh, my darlings, there's a difference between miracles and management. And I've said this before on a previous episode. There are times when God in all his glory and sovereignty is quite capable of doing a miracle in your life, which is something that happens without much effort. You pray and you trust and you believe God and the condition is right. And God presents you with a miracle that it could only happen miraculously. There was no other way that it could possibly happen without it being a miracle. A lot of people would say, that, oh my goodness, this is a miracle. How does this happen? This is a miracle. I cannot believe it. This is a miracle. Now, what is a miracle? It's an extraordinary and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore attributed to divine agency. Okay, so this is why we have the extraordinary things that we welcome events rather that we welcome in our lives and in our space and we give God the glory and the honor for it. Now while God is quite capable of doing this, oh my darling brothers and sisters, like a first lady friend of mine would say, not everything in this life is going to be of miraculous activity, okay? Some things, just like we must always have balance, God is going to require you to manage and put in some work. And with that, I want to read with you the scripture of James 2 verses 14 through to 17 and verse 26. And it talks about faith and deeds. It goes like this. 
What is good, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? He's asking a question. Can such faith save them? Someone, or suppose rather, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about your physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And he went on further to explain if someone would question this concept and ends in verse 26 where he says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So what is James charging us to do in this specific scripture? He's telling us that we don't just pray and believe and trust God for everything. And we sit there, you know, we sleep in our beds all day and say like, God is going to take care of it. And sometimes my husband has cracked this joke before. He's like, we cannot go into the bank and say, Jesus pays it all. I need a loan or go into the supermarket grab a bunch of groceries, go before the cashier and say, Jesus pays it all and move on with your life. Simply that's not how life works. God placed us into this world and we are part of this world. Even if when we become spiritually connected with him, we are now on a different level, yet we still exist in this world where he asks us to occupy, make business, do what we must do until he returns. Okay, so we are of the impression that spiritual and natural are two extremes that cannot work together, but we couldn't be any further from the truth. I know people who believe in God for a miracle, for healing in particular, and they are not doing anything within themselves to aid in that. It's not like God really needs help. But I'm simply saying that if you're going to trust God to heal you, you need to do your part. James just told us, where is your deed to go with that belief in God and his ability to heal you? So if you are struggling with a specific illness, but you're still consuming the foods that are causing this illness to escalate, but you're praying, oh, I have faith in God, then you are quite contrary with your move in this regard. And then you need to rethink you need to rethink your approach in order to get the healing that you deserve and need. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. Now, the scripture tells us that we are in the world, but not of the world. And John 17, verse 15 and 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus was praying uh, to God about his disciples. And he was saying, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Jesus was saying that because he understood that the world is going to come with an enemy, which is the devil, the adversary who continuously tries and tests us. However, he's not saying, God, just take them out of the situation, but that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus is asking God to give us the protection that we need. And we know that we have in Christ Jesus and in God. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So Jesus is speaking there that he has handpicked his disciples of God to live in the world. And he's now asking God, please protect them from the enemy. Please protect them from the evil one. So that tells us that we are still going to have to face the enemy. We are still going to have to deal with the enemy because we are still in this world. And because we are in it, however, what is making us different is that we are now spiritually 
connected with God, we must now find a balance between the natural world that we live in and our spiritual world that we now represent and connect to. So this is my few uh, tips that I would like to share with new believers and uh, seasoned believers who may need just a reminder and believers who are in between who are on their way but they're still pretty young in the game. So as long as we are here and this form of life which we are in in this physical body have we have to face the world which is the natural world. It is inevitable. <laughs> okay so as long as we are here and we are on earth we're going to have to deal with the things of earth. We're going to have to deal with governments. We're going to have to deal with other people. We're going to have to deal with demons. We're going to have to deal with going to the supermarket even if we don't want to. We're going to have to deal with our families. We're going to have to deal with our jobs because this is what this life entails. There's no escaping from it. The difference is when you are connected with God through a relationship, you, your spiritual eyes are now open and now you must find a way to balance your spiritual connection with God and your existence in the world until he decides to take you up onto himself. So here are some of the ways I would like to share with you that you can do this. I'm going to give you some spiritual things and then the natural to sort of balance the both. So we pray, we fast, we have faith. James just told us about having faith. Paul tells us we are put right with God by faith. Faith in itself, in Hebrews, we're also told that uh, without faith, it is impossible to serve God. So once you become a spiritual, well, once you acknowledge that you are a spiritual being and you connect with your creator, your father, creator of the universe, ultimate spiritual being, you must now begin your prayer life. You must now understand what that means. So you pray, you fast, you have faith. You must have faith. That's the only way you're going to believe that there is a being outside of this life that has all the power to take care of you and to be made manifest in your life. Because it's not something that you actually see with your naked eye. It has to take faith for you to believe that. So the spiritual aspect is we pray, we fast, we have faith. Then the natural aspect would require us to believe prepare and then put in the work so if i pray and i fast and i ask god to help me on my job to do something in school to take better care of my family anything i pray and i fast and ask god to fix my relationship whatever it is that i'm believing and trusting god for i must now put in my part i must now begin to prepare that it is already done that what i pray in the name of Jesus, is already mine. So I must now begin to align myself with that belief. And if it's, let's say, let's say it's a relationship, you're asking God to, to heal your relationship with your family member, then you begin to do what? Become the peacemaker, which is what the word of God says. Bless the peacemaker. You begin to work on forgiveness of the offense that your, um, your person, your family member would have done to you. And then you begin to See what your life could be like once you and this person have now amended the relationship and you begin to put the effort and prepare for that. If it is a case where you need to do the forgiving, then you will begin to do the forgiving. If it is a case where you need to do some encouragement, whatever it is that you can do, whatever deeds that you can do to aid in that prayer, you take action towards it. Uh, another example is if you are believing God, you're a business person and you are believing God to bless your business. You go, you don't just pray and fast and sow your seeds and wait on God to do something magical or miraculous. 
I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, but you must put in the work. You must go out there. You must try to advertise your business. I speak about marketing your business that Jesus taught us. You must um, engage in conversation with people and say, hey, did you know that I offer this business? If you can afford to, you put some ads on the radio and you develop again, you begin to develop a program, a business plan and all of these things. So God now knows Okay, my child is getting ready. So when I begin to bless them and multiply them, it's not going to be a burden because they already have the preparations in place for whatever it is I'm about to give to them. Same thing, and I've given this example before. You're praying and trusting God for a husband or a wife or even a child. You must begin to prepare yourself for when that comes. If it is a spouse you're praying for, you must begin and you've been living like a single life for a very long time or just been single. You must not prepare yourself mentally, physically, and even spiritually that now I'm going to have to be sharing my personal space with someone that God is about to bless me with. I must prepare and open my eyes for the confirmation when it comes. I must know how to appreciate this person when God blesses me with them. If you're going to have a child and you pray to God for a child, you do the same thing. You begin to prepare a space for the child because the now, now the child now has to come into your personal space. Your daughter, your son, your children must have their own space within your home and within your heart. So pray fast, have faith, but you must also begin to prepare and put in the work as long as it's within your power to do. I have developed this new mentality that as long as I have done everything that God needs me to do on my end, because it's a, it's a relationship, as long as I've done my part in the business plan, in the business idea, in the business venture or whatever it is that I'm praying and trusting God for, it's up to God to do his part because I am limited within myself. But once I know that I've put in the work, God is going to do the rest. And I trust and pray and believe in him for that. The next thing I want to share with us is meditating and reading God's word. How can you live a life for God and in God like Jesus described when he said they are not of this world? How can you not be of this world if you don't know what it entails to not be of this world. This is where you spend time understanding the word of God because he gives you uh, all the details of who he is and he also gives you guiding principles. So what you must do now as you meditate and you read the word of God, which is a spiritual aspect, you must now learn the principles and the word of God. This is the, the natural part where you learn it. You can even journal about it, write it down, document it. You're reading the scriptures and there are specific verses that appeal to you, that screams out to you. It would be the spirit of God ministering to you. So you take that and you make a note of it. You talk about it. You explain it to yourself and you journal what it makes you understand at that time. And then you begin to apply God's teachings and principles to your life. This is the natural part. So pray, meditate, read the word of God, but then you need to learn it, journal about it and apply it. And I have an episode about spiritual application. If you have a seed in your hand, which is the word of God, and you do not plant it, which is to apply his principles and his teachings and his guidelines and his wisdom to you, then it's never going to grow. It's just going to be a seed until you do so. So the natural side of it is for you to actually learn. You can journal about it and then begin to apply it. The next spiritual tip I would like to share with us that we can couple with the natural is giving. Now, I have a bit of this in my new book, The Essence of Life, God, Them, and Me. 
creating a budget of your time and money to give to whom? God, yourself, and others. Now, listen to me. I listen to people who are rich, okay? Motivational speakers and people who have gone through life and they've learned different things. And every single one of them mentioned this part about giving. And God talks about it. He says, freely you have received, freely give. It is actually better to give than to receive. So when God speaks about giving and the principle of giving in the spiritual, you must activate it in the natural by creating a budget. I talk about budgeting. I even have an example of a budget in my latest book. Again, I make reference to it because I have this information in there. If you would like a physical copy, creating a budget of your time. How am I going to spend my time each day that God is blessing me with by waking me up every morning and preserving and protecting me like Jesus asked him to? Uh, with his disciples throughout the day allow me to sleep again throughout the night and wake me up for another day how am i going to budget the money that i'm praying and asking god for to give me who do i give it to so you do your tithes you give back unto god by um, honoring his servants and those who feed you spiritually then you give obviously to yourself if you're a business person you must pay yourself if you have a job then you must also take out some money for yourself that you want to do for personal spending and of course giving to others give to charity give to a project that needs it okay so you create your budget for your time and your money two very critical natural aspects of your life the next spiritual tip is living holy a lot of times again we pray and ask god for things but we live our life in a manner that doesn't please him now how many of us would want to give to somebody who doesn't even care about us and this person constantly bashes us they constantly disrespect us and then we would just come and say to them oh here you go i want to bless you um, on the, uh, unless it's on the extreme circumstances it's not the best condition for us to sow into the life of someone Okay, so we need to understand that there are certain things that God will just allow to happen because the sun shines on the evil and the good. And there are certain things that you can actually walk into because you made the decision to live holy. You develop a lifestyle of righteous living. And, and I love this because the scripture has so many benefits for the righteous. The steps of the righteous are ordered by God. The righteous are as bold as a lion. The qualities of the righteous and the benefits of being righteous are so extreme. And, and who wouldn't want that? So we need to understand that these are the things that comes with being righteous. So this is where the natural part comes in. You go to church on a Sunday or Saturday or whatever time you go to church or you listen to the word of God, you take in the word of God, use it to develop a lifestyle in the natural that is righteous living and presented holy and acceptable unto God. This is why when we say we are in a relationship with God, our lifestyle changes, our mindset changes. That's the physical part. All right. And the last one I would like to share with us, the spiritual tip is confessing and declaring. Now, we all know and understand the power of words. Even people who are not Christians tell you about the power of words and manifestations and all of that stuff. Your words do not die. They don't just drop on the ground and die. They go and wait for you in the future. 
Now, if you know this and you know the power of your words, please, I appeal to you, guard your tongue and your conversations. Okay? <laughs> so this is the natural part where you have to now decide. Now that God has taught you about the power of confessions, declaring and the power of your words, naturally you now go and guard your tongue. Even the manner in which you speak over yourself, you guard your tongue. Even the conversations that you have. If you're having a conversation with someone and you see that it's leading to a place of gossip and uh, negativity and it does not benefit you, it doesn't add to your life, add value to you as a person, then you need to either do one of two things, change the conversation or excuse yourself. I've actually done a teaching on changing your conversation. I think I did it at church, but still, that's something for you to do. Change your conversation. And if the conversation absolutely cannot change because the person may still want to continue, has to be excused. All right. So take a rain check on your life and try out some of these tips that I'm sharing at least for the next 90 days. And let me know if they blessed you. Let me know if they were able to bring about that change, that balance that you need in your life. Understanding the spiritual and how it fits into your natural life is a beautiful thing. And as God continues to teach me these things, I am so grateful for the opportunity to share it with you. I hope you will see the benefits of these and that you'll take them into consideration and you will have the discipline to apply them. All right, Sebon, sounds good. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify. Leave me a reply, a comment underneath this episode. Let me know what you think about these tips. All right, so I'm just going to go through them one more time. Pray, fast, have faith, but believe, prepare, put in the work. Meditate and read God's word. Learn it, journal about it, apply God's teachings and principles that you would learn from reading to your life. Giving, create a budget of your time and your money to give to God, others and yourself. Living holy, develop a lifestyle of righteous living. Confessions and declaring, guard your tongue in and your conversations about yourself and with others. Seba, sounds good. See you next time on the Essence of Life podcast. Please continue to listen. I really, really appreciate your feedback and your loyalty. Bye-bye. Have you gotten a copy of my latest book? The Essence of Life, God, Them and Me is now available in bookstores in Antigua, at our church office also in Antigua, or on Amazon.com. Get a copy today and learn about how to live the abundantly balanced life along with the five key areas of your life that I cover here on the podcast. My very first book is also available for purchase on Amazon and in Antigua called Walking a Two-Way Street. Stay connected with me as God continues to take me from strength to strength and allow me to have the messages that he would like to share to you through me in this time and in this season. Sebo, sounds good.